You are listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. Welcome to church this weekend, Hope Bible Church family. So glad you have joined us. So thankful too for Pastor Peter and these mission spotlights that we've been able to do in conjunction with our series uh, on missions, the church is on mission. I love the partnership of the gospel we have with, again, Pastor Peter at Pearson Airport. Isn't that so exciting? And the fruit that's coming out of that ministry um, as well. Uh, thrilling and very filled with joy to see how God is working in so many different ways. I hope you're encouraged too. But as we get into God's word here today, let me take a moment uh, to pray. Father, we invite you by your power of your Holy Spirit to work through every single person listening right now, every single person watching Lord, this is a supernatural time, supernatural opportunity, the supernatural word of God, the supernatural spirit of God, and one awesome God. We ask you to fill and control and strengthen and give freedom and joy, uh, unusual attention, I pray, unusual communication to hearts and unusual receptivity as you have a word for us today. May it be so. We love you, Lord. We need you. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. That's so good. So what we're doing right now, where we are right now in this place, um, I never thought ever that I would have to do. Um, I am preaching this message from home and and in my basement at that. I, I honestly, again, did not think that would happen ever. But to be clear, I want to make sure you all know all is well. Um, I'm doing great personally. Um, we were away for March break, so now we are uh, obligated to be in our a time period of self-isolation, but both Jill, my wife, and the kids, they're doing very, very well. In fact, we've never been so close as a family, um, literally, because there's nowhere to go. <laughs> so we are in our tight quarters, but things are going well so far. We'll see how we do as we near the end. So to start today, um, I don't need to explain the unusual times that we are in. But I think I do need to explain our heart as leaders, elder staff, for our people as well. Um, let's be very clear. Uh, we are facing different forms of tribulation. And the word tribulation means trouble or trial or forms of suffering. Uh, for many of our people right now, they are facing employment that is uncertain, uh, finances that are shaky. Uh, many are fighting anxious fear over health or an uncertain future. And yet, let me assure you, though, within this, the Lord uh, is working. I have heard incredible stories even this week. I heard a story. This is this is so amazing. I'm praying the seeds are so real um, of a, a dad husband who abandoned his family 50 years ago. This story is within um, our community here in Burlington, Oakville. And he abandoned his family. His wife was six months pregnant, his six-month or six-year-old son. He left the family 50 years ago. The circumstances of our day, long story short, the wife with her burdens and all that, and many years ago wanted to consider suicide as a way of escaping all the pressures she was facing. This man with the circumstances of our day had been broken, uh, the reality of his life and why he is living. He connected again to his former wife. I don't think they had spoken again in how many years. 
and he was broken. And this woman who was led to Christ and became a Christian uh, decades ago, a godly woman, she sensed the Lord was working. She led her former husband 50 years ago who abandoned the family. And in his brokenness, she led him to Christ. He wept and received Christ as Savior. And the unbelievable story, that just happened this past week in the circumstances around us, tremendous crisis. And yet by faith, we are seeing tremendous conversion and salvation. Be encouraged. Look around how God will never be kept from building his church. Jesus Christ is on the move, and we know that for certain. And that's why I'm here even today, right now, in God's word with you, to bring you, here's our sermon title, to bring you encouragement within tribulation. To bring encouragement within tribulation. And just so you know, we are precisely in Acts where we were supposed to be six, seven months ago. This is where God had us and he knew it. And so in his providence and his sovereign appointment, we are here right now. Praise the Lord for that. So let's get our Bibles open to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. And again, encouragement within tribulation. With our format, if you need to right now, you can press pause. You can go get a copy of God's word. You can bring it back. You can open it with me and we can learn together, all right? Acts chapter 14 is where we are. As we come to Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas are on their way to Iconium. And as they go to Iconium, they are seeing fantastic life change. Now, here's the cycle of Acts, as we've learned before, right? They see tremendous life change, but then they're opposed right away, right? The opponents of the gospel uh, fall upon them. But then with an opposition, then God rescues them. In fact, he produces incredible miracles in the early verses, again, of Acts chapter 14. And from the miracles then, then follows up with severe persecution, as we will see today in our text, upon the disciples, particularly upon Paul. So this causes then Barnabas and Paul to flee to Lystra, they then go to Derby. It is here that Paul heals a crippled man who has not walked since birth. I mean, just astounding and amazing. The crowds, they see this, and the crowds actually go nuts. And the crowd's like, oh man, these are gods among us. This Paul guy, he healed this guy. They start to worship again Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas are so distraught over the fact that they're being worshipped, they tear their clothes as a sign of how, again, how angry or how, you know, um, a trouble they are by what's happening here, and they say, no, 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 God is the one, God is the one, his son Jesus Christ, and they appeal to him, they're taking you through Acts chapter 14, the people are still whipped up in a frenzy of all that's happening, and of course, this then leads to, as always, tremendous jealousy and hatred among the opponents of uh, the gospel towards specifically the disciples. So that's our context today. That takes us to Acts chapter 14. Here's our passage, specifically verse 19. Let me just read a couple of verses for us right now. It says this, verse 19. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Wow, man, that's, that's intense. Verse 20. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city, and on the next day he went on with Barnabas to uh, Derby. So here once again is the fulfilled words of Jesus from Acts chapter 9. Remember that? When Jesus, he prophesied and of course fulfilled here, how much Saul Paul must suffer for his name's sake. That is happening right here in Acts 
chapter 14. Think also, the last time that we heard of a stoning, it was Paul, Saul Paul, overseeing the stoning of Stephen. And now here is Saul Paul, and he's the one receiving the stoning by rocks, of course, for his love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in a strange, strange way, isn't that the power of the gospel right there? A few chapters ago, you have Saul overseeing the stoning of the first martyr, Stephen, and then a few chapters later, Paul is the one transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now he himself is being stoned again for his love for Jesus Christ in a strange way. That is the power of the transforming nature of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and may he be transforming some of you even today right now by his gospel, once so opposed to the gospel, but you find yourself watching right now, and you will soon be broken in the gospel and find yourself totally filled with love for Jesus Christ, never to be the same again. He's changing lives across this world. He's changing lives right now. He did it in Acts 14. He's going to do it in Hope Bible Church again today. We know we trust. That is so encouraging. But let's break down now this vicious attack or stoning against the apostle Paul. We know from verse 19 that some men would have traveled a hundred miles just to fulfill their hate for Paul. I read even this week in John 15, I've been going through the Gospel of John, in John 15, it's kind of a hard passage to read. Jesus says, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. I mean, if the teacher is treated this way, how much more will the students be treated this way? Jesus predicts this, and here we see this is happening. They hate Christ, they hate, they're gonna hate you, and they're gonna hate Paul as well, hate the disciples, and for those who love Jesus. I was sitting on that today. Why, why would they hate Jesus so much? What was it? Jesus was perfect. I mean, he was the epitome of love. Here's Paul, he's just trying to preach a gospel to see life. Why do they feel so much hatred? The ultimate reason why the world hates Christ and hates the gospel is because it's Christ and the gospel that exposes people of their sin. And because our world loves our sin so much, we don't wanna to be told, the world doesn't wanna to be told that we're sinful. The world wants to be left alone to pursue their own devices. And here is Paul though in love saying, you gotta be saved from your sin. And because he's doing that, he receives a tremendous hatred again from people that are around him as he proclaims Christ. Verse 19 also tells us that some in the crowd that were just trying to worship Barnabas and Paul, now they're the very ones who are seeking to stone him to death. What does that tell us? And we live in a fickle world, don't we? I mean, you try to look around and put your trust in the world, it changes like that, doesn't it? Every day it changes, one thing to the next, so fickle so uncertain, can't be trusted. And we see this right here again in Acts chapter 14. So it explains here in our text, verse 19, Paul is stoned with rocks. He is dragged out of the city to the point, again, moving into verse 20 again, or verse 19, almost in verse 20. He was dragged out of the city and it was supposed that he was dead. All right, how many rocks has to hit you and hits your head and body to look like you were supposed to be dead. You gotta know too, loved ones, that um, stoning was pretty much a very reliable form of execution. I mean, we can imagine that as well. I mean, you throw enough rocks and someone's not going to survive that. But what we see here um, is something supernatural because they thought Paul was dead, so he must have looked dead. We're gonna see the, in the next verse, Paul's gonna get to his feet. So there must be some kind of supernatural provision and preserving of the Apostle Paul. Why? Here's why, ready? Because it wasn't, time, it wasn't Paul's time yet. 
It wasn't time for Paul to die because God still had work for him to do. Um, here's the encouragement I want you to take as we just stop for a moment and do some application here of this passage. Ready? Um, your time will not come until the Lord decides. I don't care what virus comes across this world. I don't care what kind of enemies you face. Uh, there is no way that anyone can remove you from this planet one second earlier than what God has sovereignly allowed and decided to take place. There's not a bird that falls to the ground and dies without God's approval and without God's, again, allowing. And so you can, you can be so sure right now that God is sovereignly trusting me. Who's this for right now? And I just wanna believe right now, again, you're sitting here watching and you need to have the assurance. You need to have the assurance that there's no way you will pass from this earth one second earlier than the providence of God. And if he has still work for you and me, man, we can be so sure and excited that we will do exactly as God has directed. This was Paul, and this is why. Because in verse 20, we read this. Look at verse 20. Read, as the disciples gather around him, Paul actually rises up and then runs for his life. No, 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 that's not what it says, does it? It doesn't say that. No, he actually rises up. He goes back into the city where he was just left for dead. And you're like, what? 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 This guy's a crazy man, right? I mean, I love how the disciples gather around him, support and strengthen him, and he gets to his feet. I mean, I, I don't know what I would do at that point. Be like, well, enough of them, right? And you think you'd go in the other, but you know, he actually goes back into the city that just left him for dead. What is this? Uh, Paul's a crazy man, right? This is the same guy in 2 Corinthians 5. In the NIV translation, it says, if we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. I think this is a good description of Paul being out of his mind for the gospel of Jesus and for the sake of God himself as well. I mean, so this passage already, talk about encouragement within tribulation, and now we come to the meat of our passage, which God has led us to today. Look at verse 21. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. Ready? Verse 22. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, I gotta tell you this, loved ones, too. I'm so thankful in God's providence that he has given us this verse for this week. Isn't that amazing? Like, if you look at verse 22, you're like, of all the verses we could land on, so thankful for last week and the passage we were in, again, by God's providence too, and so thankful for this week as well. I've always loved this verse. And as I open the Bible again in recent days to figure out where we're headed, I'm like, man, the Lord knows. I'm so encouraged. I pray you will be as well. Now, as we track with Paul, particularly here within Acts 14, consider Paul's tribulation. Consider Paul's suffering. Uh, consider his difficulty. Consider the reasons he had to be so filled with fear. And I think if you read Acts chapter 14 at this point, Paul has every human reason to cower, every human reason to give up, every human reason to seek to self-preserve. I've just been stoned left for dead. I mean, it makes sense. You might kind of take a few days off and try to recover, right? Every reason, again, to want to maybe just say, I'm done. And yet, within this situation, by the Spirit of God and the grace of God, the ministry of Paul actually increases. Notice now from this text 
how the ministry of Paul and Barnabas are specifically used, and we're gonna specifically apply this to us today. Now, the only way this happens in Paul's life, and I've been reading John 15, 14, 15, 16 this week, the only way this happens is by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who's the helper, the Holy Spirit who's the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit who's the one to bear witness for Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit that allows us to listen and helps us and fills us today. The only way this takes place is by the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, work work right now through every person, man, woman, child listening right now. Take this text now, apply it to our lives, strengthen our souls, allow us to be encouraged, God. Allow us to see with perspective again the reason that we live and who we live for. So we're gonna take again verse 22, we're gonna unpack it in three specific ways to apply it to our own lives. So point number one is this, okay, from verse 22, taking from again Paul's experience, may our souls be strengthened right now. I'll say it again. May our souls be strengthened right now. Look at verse 22. It says, they went to these towns, strengthening the souls of the disciples. So Paul and Barnabas, they are going through Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. So they're on a strengthening tour. And right now, we want to be on a strengthening tour coming to wherever you are. There are people watching all over this world right now, which is so awesome. And we're on a strengthening tour with the gospel as well. Maybe not face-to-face, man, but it's the best thing we can do right now. God's going to use it. I love that Paul and Barnabas were on a strengthening tour, going around to love the saints where they are because they need to be strengthened. And let me just jump on that. Let me point out the obvious here. Why did these disciples need to be strengthened? Well, why do you need to be strengthened? You need to be strengthened because you're not strong, because you feel weak. So we learn right here within this text here is that the gospel had come to these cities, but again, the Christian life is difficult. And many disciples who were saved in Christ, but they found themselves to be in a weakened state. Notice in verse 22, notice strengthen what? What were they strengthening? They were strengthening, look at it, look at it. Don't look at me, look at that. (laughs) I wanted to say that, okay? Look at the text here. Strengthening their souls. Ah, I love that word. Ah, the souls, um, our spiritual nature. Ah, The souls are our inner person, um, our inner life. Hey, do you find yourself in a weakened state with all that's been happening here in recent weeks? Do you find yourself in a weakened state in the midst of this crazy world? Well, listen, if, if so, you're not alone. Uh, there are many disciples in Iconium and Antioch and Lystra that also found themselves in a weakened state. Hey, loved ones, this is why we need the church. This is why we need each other. I mean, this is why I'm preaching in my basement right now, right? Because we need to be strengthened. It's not okay to give up. It's not okay to say, well, we'll get to it, we get to it. No, no, we need to be strengthened and strengthening one another, the power of the word, this is what happens. Now, for the soul to be strengthened, that word strengthened, it means to stand. Um, It means to be supported. Uh, It means you're helping the roots grow deep to withstand the storms. And so a soul that is strengthened is one just that, that withstands storms. It can undergo trial. It, it, It holds up under difficulty. Um, It's a soul reinforced with truth. The truth that we're receiving right now. It's the strength that we need to hold each other up again with the truth that God has given to us that lasts literally for eternity. And has the ministry of strengthening, has it ever been more important to our church than it is right now? 
And I wonder, man, I watched our online prayer meeting this week, or actually, of course, I was a part of that, but I watched the responses to the online prayer meeting this week, and how encouraging was that? And I think of the food drive and the ministries that we're doing this week, trying to care for those in need. And I thought about our online youth ministry happening, all of our small groups seeking to go online and different discipleship groups that are there and men's ministry and women's ministry. I think of our e-news being sent out and multiple updates, all the prayer cards and the prayer that's going on and the prayer meetings happening in so many different places online. Also, I think of the service right now, all the ministry we are doing is all about the ministry of strengthening the church and reaching those who need to be saved by Jesus Christ. Yes, the ministry of strengthening has probably never been more important than it is right now. And I encourage you wholeheartedly, man, do not be left out. Get in the game, get in contact, be with believers somehow, some way to be encouraged and strengthened like you are right now. Let me also be clear here. For many watching right now, though, in the past few weeks, your soul has taken a great blow. Um, your soul has been weakened by all that's been happening around us, and I have a ton of grace for that. There are souls that have been flooded with fear. There are souls that are suffering with uncertainty. There are some souls right now you're watching, you are starving for security. And let me just say that I am both burdened for you and with you in these burdens as well. I've spoken to business owners in our church this week that have just experienced their hardest week of their careers, and their careers have been 30 or 40 years long. I've spoken to employees within our church who are now out of work and do not know for how long that will be. I've heard from seniors in our church family, understandably at times crippled with fear and the fear of losing and the threat of their own health. I've heard of moms that have been overwhelmed with losing control over situations they formerly could contain. Dads who are filled with fear of how they might provide for their families in such unstable and uncertain and unprecedented times. Listen, every example I just mentioned is a soul that has been weakened with good reason. And so my question is though, so wait a second though, do we, do we just succumb to the fear and anxiety? Do we just lay down and give up within these very real circumstances that have very tremendously serious burdens? Do we just let fear win the day? Again, do we just lie down and let fear trample over us? Do we let fear depress us? Do we allow fear to steal our joy? Do we let fear weaken our faith as we start to lose hope? Does fear begin to rob us of our hope? Do we allow fear to bully us? Do we allow fear to bloody us? Well, I, for one, say no. No, we can't allow that. Not with the promises we have in the word of God and the relationship we have with the Son of God, Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, in Antioch, Lystra, and Iconium, there would have been tremendous fears floating around, fears of safety and fears of isolation and fears of security. Because think about it, in these respective cities, these were the first Christians ever in their cities. Like, this is the first time the gospel has ever gone there. They're the first Christians in their communities. I mean, talk about the fear of the unknown. They had no idea what was gonna happen next. You gotta remember that, that they can relate so well to so much of what we're feeling right now as well. So my question to this point is, what would Paul say to such situations? What would Paul say to those who are flooded with fear, suffering with 
uncertainty or for those who are starving for security. Well, here's what, we know what Paul would say because it's called the Bible. And Paul just happened to write half of the New Testament inspired by the Holy Spirit. Paul has 13 letters that he wrote, again, out of the 27 books in the New Testament. So we know what Paul would say. How about this? To the person, this is for some right now, for the person, people flooded with fear right now, Paul would say this. He would say, hey, if God is for us, who can be against us? That's a great question, isn't it? I mean, in some sense, it's just a rhetorical question because the answer like, well, if God is for me, who can be against me? If God is for me, I like my chances. <laughs> yeah, I love saying that too. If God is on my team, um, I'm gonna win. 100% of the time. Paul also says in Romans chapter eight to the person flooded with fear, he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? See what fear tries to do, fear tries to say, no, 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 God has left me or I am not being taken care of or God has not loved me in the way I thought, that's all a lie. That's all a lie from the pit of hell. In the name of Jesus Christ right now to the person who might be flooded with fear, you take the truths of the gospel. If God is for you, no one can be against you ultimately and who will ever separate you from the love of Christ. Not death, not life, no viruses. Again, nothing on the earth, above the earth, under the earth, will ever separate you from the love of Christ. I mean, that is just an awesome promise to those flooded with fear. That's what Paul would say. Listen, listen, what I'm doing right now too, there's 0% of me that is trying to be trite or cliche. What I am trying to do with you right now is to present you the biblical truth and the uncertainty of the truth that we know. To the person flooded with fear, man, the Lord is with you and loves you. How about to the person suffering with uncertainty? I thought of what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven. So, so you're struggling with uncertainty right now. Get ready, here it comes, man, here comes the truth. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await again our heavenly body, which will be transformed from our lowly body as we await our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Amen. That is awesome. And just a recap there, man. You are, you are fearful and filled with uncertainty. If you are saved in Jesus Christ, man, your citizenship is not the earth, it's heaven. And we are awaiting Jesus Christ to return who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. And we await for this moment again, and he's gonna do it by his power, the power that enables him to subject everything, everything across this world to himself. No one else can boast of such things. That is the truth we need to hear today for those suffering with uncertainty. Remember, loved ones, man, this is the glory that awaits us in heaven. There's no COVID-19 gonna be in glory. Can I get an amen? Hey, and by the way, kids, outdo amens with your parents, all right? Make sure you say it even louder. I'll give you another chance right now. There's no COVID-19 in heaven. Amen. That is so good, and that is so true, man. Our glorious resurrected bodies again in heaven, no one will be able to touch us. No sin, no death, nothing. This is the hope we have. God, fill us right now. The person flooded with fear, the person, again, suffering with uncertainty, the person starving for security. You know what Paul would say to that person? He's like, you want security? How about this security? How about 1 Corinthians chapter 15? Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Amen. 
And he goes on to say, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through the Lord Jesus Christ again, his son. This is the victory we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. There was sent to me a video this week of all these Brazilians that have been quarantined like most of the world has right now. They are quarantined in their apartment buildings in this big kind of center area. They're all looking down upon and they began to sing again the chorus hymn, Because He Lives. I mean, it's just, you should look it up. It's super encouraging. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You can sing with me. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Sing, 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 sing. Because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he because he lives. Amen. Amen. That's so true. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. All fear is gone because Jesus Christ has gathered for us the victory, the victory through his resurrection from the dead. Who's that for right now? Man, you're starving for security. There is no more secure place in all the universe than to be a child of God that you know no matter what happens, even death, that's where life truly begins. Lord, save people right now. Save people who are listening. Save people, oh God, who are here right now, maybe finding their way, stumbling upon this message. May the gospel of Jesus Christ, he died to forgive us of our sins, was raised from the dead to defeat death, that we place our faith in him. We are forgiven and purpose and hope and love and meaning. That's the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the strengthening that we need only found in him. And loved ones, notice this, okay? What we went through here, Notice that every single time, ultimately, the gospel is our single greatest form of strengthening. I want you to understand that. The most powerful way you are strengthened in the midst of crisis and life itself is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why you can watch the news, and in the end, it'll just weaken your soul. What you really need is not the news. You need good news, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what did we just do there? We just went to the spiritual gym, man, and we got a workout and our souls, I pray, are strengthened. Let's move on now. Point number two, may our faith persevere. May our faith persevere. Look again at verse 22. Encouraging them to continue in the faith. Okay, so if Paul and Barnabas had to encourage the believers to continue in the faith, then what this means then, that some of them, the believers in these cities, they were struggling to persevere. Some of them were struggling as in they wanted to give up, okay? So be encouraged by that too. Some of you right now, you are watching, you are listening to this, you're struggling. We're learning from verse 22, to struggle is to be normal. It's normal to struggle at times. It's why we need each other and the Lord and the Spirit and the Word and prayer and the gospel. It is not wrong to struggle. We would just say we can't stay there in our struggle. We must be growing and moving on. That's what's happening as we speak right now. They're encouraging them to continue in the faith. Encouraging means to come alongside someone, uh, to comfort or exhort another believer um, to support them, to put your arm around them, to encourage them. Now remember in the first century, this would have been done almost entirely 
in person, like face-to-face, right? I mean, I guess letters would be sent from time to time, but but 90-something percent of this would be done in person, encouraging one another face-to-face. And, and here we are right now. I'm in a basement right now preaching this message, and social distancing is everywhere, two meters, six feet, right? Like we, we can't even get close to one another. And yet, praise the Lord for technology at this point, huh? Praise the Lord that here we are, and through technology right now, I have the Bible, and I'm putting a virtual arm around you right now. Um, praise the Lord right now, God, by His Holy Spirit, He is coming up to you, and, 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 and He's giving you a spiritual hug right now. In fact, I can't wait till we get to gather together again, and let me just, I just want to give you a, a virtual hug. Hey, give, come on, come on, don't, come on, give some back, man, here we go, a virtual hug, I love, I love my brothers and sisters in Christ, hey, put an arm around. That's what this means to encourage, you come alongside, and you support support someone. I got you, bro. I got you, sister, right? We're in this together. You're falling. I'm going to hold you up to encourage each other again through the word of God. And let me just say this right now too, okay? Um, our online prayer meeting this week, it was such a success and such a blessing. Yeah, we've heard your voices. We heard we heard your desires. We're going to do it again for sure this Wednesday, 7 p.m., another church online, most attended prayer meeting ever. We're doing it again, and we'll just plan to do it as we can go forward again week by week, and we'll let you know, but this week for sure, Wednesday, 7 p.m., online prayer meeting, that's going to be awesome. Now, notice the specific encouragement. Look at verse 22. They encourage them, look down the text, they encourage them to continue in the faith. Wow, that is so needed, eh? Why is that needed? Because the Christian life is hard, that's why. Because the, the road is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, Jesus says. This is why we need to be encouraged to continue in the faith. And you know the Holy Spirit right now, the Holy Spirit right now, this is his encouragement. He says to you, my child, don't give up right now. This is what's happening right now, this whole message right now. He's like, don't give up. He says to you right now, there's a woman here, I need to hear this right now. There's a man here right now. Press on, fight the good fight, fight the good fight. The Lord says that to you right now. I am with you, I love you, I will not forsake you. He says, I did not promise that life would be easy, but I promise my presence would be with you always. Don't give up. This is your word right now from God to you. Fight the good fight of the faith. Now remember this too, okay? This is an important point, important truth. It's in the midst of crisis that we find out what we really believe about God. Hmm. I pause there for a second. I want you to listen to that again. It's in the midst of crisis that we find out what we really believe about God because crisis exposes again what we really are holding on to. And the Lord is telling us again that he's the one that we need to be trusting. And so crisis reveal that. Do we believe in his promises or do we believe in the world around us? So perseverance is such a massive part of the Christian life, and this is our encouragement, again, to do so. Be sure this current crisis that we are in as a world, as a community right now, this crisis is building endurance. This crisis is building faith for all those who want to be strengthened by the Holy Spirit of God. There's an opportunity right now in the world we live in. There's an opportunity for clarity. What are we actually living for? You feel I'm feeling that big time. What are we actually living for? There's an opportunity for courage again, right? Right? Why am I living? Uh, what am I relying on? The courage to trust in Christ wholeheartedly. There's the call for consistently. How am I living? What is the purpose of my life? Remember this, okay? Jesus' stock will never lose its value. Ever, okay? 
Uh, some of us, we put way too much stock in the stock market. Jesus stock, infinite in value, will never diminish one percentage of a percentage ever. I love that truth, man. Oh God, may our hearts and our treasures be with you. So this call to continue in the faith, they're, they're strengthening them. They're calling them to not give up, to continue in the faith. But why? Why? Why this emphasis? Point number three, here's why. Because their perspective had to be eternal. And our prayer is, Lord, may our perspective be eternal. Look at the end of verse 22. It says that, and saying, here's the reason, that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing that this verse is with us this week at this time? It's a promise. You know, these are this is a promise that often isn't uh, listed in the book of promises of God, right? <laughs> but this, this is one of God's promises right here. I'll say it again, that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. This is where, you know, I love to say this, align your expectations with what the Bible actually teaches and the Bible teaches us very clearly right here that if we want to enter the kingdom of God, we, we must understand that we must face many different tribulations. Again, a couple of phrases stick out to me there. Many tribulations must enter God's kingdom. So based on this verse, loved ones, should we be surprised at the current events of our world? Is that fair? I mean, based on verse 22 right here, through many tribulations, you must enter the kingdom of God. Should we be surprised then of the world and what's happening right now around us? Um, again, I told you I was in John 14, 15, 16 this week. In John 16, Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. In this world, you will, you will, not you might, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's pretty clear. So what we're learning right now, what we're learning now, church, tribulation is not an option for the Christian. You don't get, well, yeah, I want to follow Christ, but I'm going to avoid the tribulation part. Well, actually, no, you can't do that. Like we're learning from these texts, John 16, Acts 14. You want to truly follow Christ, then there must be different forms of tribulation. Again, trial, suffering, whatever it might be. It's not an option. In fact, it's a guarantee. So we've just entered into mature Christianity right here. We've just exposed the reason why so many people who profess Christ, they get tossed with every wave that comes and they're being completely shipwrecked right now in the midst of this crisis because they failed to understand the follow Christ. It means tribulation is guaranteed and that happens in so many different forms and ways. I'm not trying to say it's just in one method or one means. It happens, it's, it's relative, but again, it's a guarantee it's going to happen. And so right now within this crisis too, so many who are genuinely saved in Christ, their foundation is being strengthened through the coronavirus. They're starting to realize, what am I living for? And it's the tribulation and suffering that's starting to reinforce their faith and life and hope, which is ultimately only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why seasons like this are so refining for the church. Because many of us are, are realizing, man, I, I was holding on way too much to sports, to the world, to money, to my job. I was holding on way too much to all these things, my kids' activities, that in the end, they don't mean anything. Jesus Christ means everything. Consider too, from verse 22 at the end here, consider the work of suffering 
within the plan of God. See that word tribulations? A tribulations carries the meaning of serious pressure. Um, look here for a second. I want to say that too. <laughs> look here for a second. Um, tribulations is like, it means um, you're squeezing something and you're squeezing the pressure and then, it, and, then it, and then it gets rid of that which is contaminating it. You're squeezing it to see that the pus or the infection be removed from that. The tribulations and the pressure that comes to refine, to make pure that object that it is, it is coming down and squeezing upon. This is what tribulations do with our lives. They are designed by God, listen, to squeeze out Sin. Hmm. Designed by God to squeeze out sin and then leave us more refined and more pure in the image of Christ. So all of this right now, this whole verse, it floods our lives with perspective. Eternity is so close. The kingdom of God is near. I mean, loved ones, we're in the last days now. We are. Like, get ready. Here we go, you know? I read this morning again, make the best use of the time. The days are evil. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Amen, Lord. Amen. That's right. That's right. Have you felt the squeezing of the Holy Spirit through tribulation in recent days? Many of us have. Don't waste it, man. Don't waste it. Let the Lord use it that he may get glory from our lives. Consider what verse 22 is telling us again. Through many tribulations, you must enter the kingdom of God. And consider this right now, that the entire gospel message is really one big form of tribulation. Jesus Christ suffered and died on the cross. Gethsemane, the garden where his anguish, he sweat drops of blood. Gethsemane literally means olive press, where the... All those were crushed to squeeze out the Jews. Jesus Christ in agony, he was crushed for us, squeezed, again, the pressure, the agony, that he might die for our sins. The very gospel itself is suffering, which leads to the celebration of everlasting life. The very gospel we've been saved is the combination of immense tribulation that leads to incredible eternal victory and everlasting life. Could it be that right now that God has led you to watch this message right here in the midst of a tribulation facing our world that you might be saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ? I speak to you right now, wherever you find yourself, have you ever truly committed your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? He loves you. He died for you. And now he invites you to be set free from sin forever, that you would stop living for the world and stop living for yourself. You would repent of your sin. I have sinned against you, Jesus. You would ask him to forgive you and embrace the gift of eternity. You don't earn it. You can't be a good enough person. It is the gift of grace through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, if you have received Jesus Christ, you pray that prayer. You invite him in. Save me, Jesus. Let us know. Get on our website, our online prayer card. Tell us that Jesus Christ has set you free from sin, that you want to be saved by him, that you love him. We want to care for you. Tell us, invite, uh, we invite you to reach out to us that we might know you and love you right now. Again, don't waste a moment, hopeoakville.ca. You can go on there. We would love to hear from you or ineedhope.ca, ineedhope.ca. Again, these ways, we are here to see the church strengthened and encouraged and to see through tribulation that many people would come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, my time is up, man, but 
What a blessing it's been. Basement, I thank you. Good job, good job. Man, I think we'll do this probably next week too. The loved ones, so much love for you. And just, uh, I'm so thankful for God's timing and his word. Let's pray together now. Truly, Lord, because you live, we can face tomorrow. Amen, church. Amen. Because you live, we can face tomorrow. Jesus Christ, you have strengthened us today through your word. You have encouraged us to continue in the faith, to not give up. And Lord, you have promised us that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God, where one day soon, Lord, we will be in your kingdom in perfection. No more sin, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more grief, no more disease, no more viruses. Just Jesus Christ in glory. We can't wait. Lead us, fill us, even prepare us now for the song, Lord, understanding, Lord, the things that you have promised us, good and hard. But in the end, Lord, you be glorified through our life. Minister to this church family now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.